Let's get into the Word of God today. You think, think He'll show us something? I told Him in first service I didn't say anything that I thought I might, so we'll see what we say this time. Glory to God. We want to hear the Word of God though, right? Not, you know, I can tell you right now, the Word of Dave does not produce good fruit. I lived by it for several years. You don't want to hear it. It is a sad, sad story. It produces fruit, all right. Rotten apples, and yeah. So we'll uh, we'll believe God. Let's believe God together before we get into the Word. Father God, we thank you for your Word. We do ask you for revelation and anointing and utterance, Lord. And we ask you to help us to hear your Word spoken as you would say, Lord, that it not be the ideas and opinions of a man, but it be the very Word of God. And that we, we purpose by faith that we'll receive it with love into the good ground of our hearts and we will allow it to change us, to mold us into what you would have us to be so that we can make a difference in every person's life that you called us to, that we would be a blessing to the world through the blessing of you. And we thank you for it and we give you all the praise and glory in advance for every good thing that will happen today in Jesus' name. Amen. Glory to God. Thank you, Lord. Well, you know, I already gave you my first verse because we're going to talk about encouragement today, but we've been talking about uh, uh, unity and agreement and uh, join together. So let's start with our verse in 1 Corinthians 1.10. And, uh, and it talks, uh, the first thing it says, it says, I, I beseech you, brethren, by the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, that you all speak the same thing. There's an encouragement in speaking the same thing. Think about this. Think about if somebody came to the church today and they didn't feel very good about themselves. But when they hid out in the parking lot, the guy opened the door and said, Man, that's some nice shoes you got on there today, brother. So, thank you. Feel a little bit better about myself now. You get in, you get in, you get up to the doors and somebody opens the door and says, Wow, good looking tie. You say, Oh, thank you, tie, yeah. Yeah. And, and, and somebody who was just a little bit down and discouraged is starting to come back up. Why? That's encouragement. And, and they spoke the same thing. What did they speak? They spoke love. They spoke the very same thing. They spoke love. It's not the words you say. It's the heart you say it with. Amen? When, when you speak love, it's a language all on its own. God speaks only love. Amen? When He speaks something, even if you thought it was hard, it was love. Amen? See, we can speak hard without love. We've done it. You guys haven't, but I have. Don't do it. It's not good for you. It's not good for the person hearing it. Amen? But when we speak the same thing and are not divided, this is what happens in people's lives. When we as a body of believers are speaking the same thing, it doesn't just come into the church and we say the same words on the screen. You're already saying them. Why? Because you're speaking love. And so the person walks into the doors and the greeters shake their hands and say, Oh, Good to see you here today, brother. So nice to see you. And now you're appreciated. And, and you were feeling so unappreciated before you got here. But now your presence is appreciated. You got nice shoes, a good tie, and you're appreciated. Glory to God. And then you walk into the auditorium and the usher says, Hey, man, we got a great seat for you. And they walk, you going to seat me? Glory to God. And they walk you down to a seat. And on the way down, they say, man, you get a haircut this week? You're looking good. I didn't get a haircut. I should have. <laughs> didn't have time. <laughs> but that's a nice haircut. And then you're starting to feel better. What are they doing? They're encouraging you. Why? Because it's not just fake words. 
It's somebody who loves you, who's glad to see you, and who wants you to be there because you're part of them. And that's how we should treat. That's why it says speak the same thing. Everybody that you speak to should know that you're part of this body and that they're part with you when you're in the church. Amen? When you're out on the streets. People should know whether that's your brother or not, whether that's your sister or not, by the way you speak. Right? They should know who you are. By the, they should say, when you, after you talk to them and say, man, you having a bad day? I'm going to pray for you. I'm going to believe God for you. And they say, oh, one of them. One of those people. But you know what? In their heart, they're thinking, I'm glad. Why? Because they were having a rough day. Someday that very person may come back to you and say, thank you for praying for me that day. I was in an awful state of mind. I was going nowhere. And just that, I had to think about it all day. I was really mad at you that you said it. Anybody ever been mad at somebody saying, my mom used to do that all the time. I'd say, mom, I don't feel like I want to do this. And she'd say, good, I'll pray for you to get a want to. <laughs> and later on, I'd get the want to and I'd say, mom, would you quit that? <laughs> <laughs> you know what she was doing? She was saying the same thing that God would say. That's what speaking the same thing is. It's not saying what I would say. It's not saying what you would say. It's us saying what God would say. And when somebody comes in and we see them in a state where they need to be built up, you know, maybe, maybe you don't know what they've been dealing with all week. But you don't have to. You don't, it's not time to say, well, now, brother, let me sit here. Tell me, tell me the whole story. I need to hear the saddest parts, too, because I'm not going to be able to help you. You know, I want to. No, you don't even need to know. Why? Because you have the love of God. You have the right answer before a question's ever brought up. You don't need an answer. You don't need to know the problem. In fact, knowing the problem might not help you. You might say the wrong thing now because of your great wisdom. Right? How many know the wisdom of God is foolishness to man? But it's the love of God and the healing power and the, and the, and the unfailing producing success power. I don't know if I said that backwards or not. That's what it is. And when you speak it without your own knowledge getting in the way, it has great power. Right? Thank you, Lord. See, we're already... I didn't have any of that. Was that in the first service? No, it's all there. God's doing good stuff. He's going to get stuff to us. He wants to. He wants us to speak the same thing. He wants us all to be encouragers of the body of Christ and to be encouragers outside the body of Christ. Amen? How many know you can't... Brother Moore said it over and over again. You can't be too encouraged. Right? You ever met somebody say, Whew! No, don't... I can't take any more. I'm going to fall down. I can't take any more encouragement. Discourage me, please. I need to be a little discouraged. There's enough discouragement in the world that they can find that without looking. Amen? But they need to start finding encouragement without looking. They need to come around the corner and unexpectedly get loved. Huh? Unexpected love. I'm not talking about the kind that, that wants to be seen or noticed. You know, we talked about kindness. You know, the world, they have a form of kindness. It's called random acts of kindness. And they make sure that everyone knows they did it. Right? Well, it's random. I don't want just to go by the wayside and nobody get to hear how great I am. 
It's a random act of kindness. I'm a very random act of kindliness person. And I want you to know what I did for them. Had it not been for me and my great person, they would not have made it today. But I did a random act of kindness. True kindness is rarely seen. It's hardly noticed. Why? Because true kindness is a quality of love. And, it, and, it, and it's there, and it's, it's God, and it's in you, and it's natural. Therefore, it's not something that's worked up. It's not something that's manipulated. It's something that's done. And you didn't do it because you wanted people to notice it. You did it because you wanted to love that person. That's an act of kindness. Amen? And when we're speaking the same things, we're all doing that. How could we affect the, this, just this city today? if we walked out of here speaking the same things, if we refused to say anything negative and say everything in love. You know, I don't say positive. You know, people say, yeah, you got to talk positive. No, you don't got to talk positive because positive talking ain't going to do you no good without God. There's people talking positive all over the world today and it ain't going to help them without God. You know, they can talk positive all the way to hell. You know, <laughs> it's true. You know, you you can you can go through this whole life and be the greatest person ever, and never receive Jesus Christ, and never go to heaven. Doesn't matter how good you were, but you can receive that infilling of the Holy Ghost, and you can receive the blood of Jesus, and and the washing, and the cleansing, and the redemption. And you can be somebody that you weren't before, and now your random acts of kindness are random acts of love. And they're built on the rock of Jesus Christ, and they have everlasting value so that when you speak, it goes into a person's soul and it remains. Why? Because it's powerful. It's not dead letter. Amen? You believed about them what you said. You weren't just saying it. You believed it. Amen? And, and everybody, everybody, at some point or another, needs encouragement. Right? <laughs> Anybody in here ever been discouraged? Few of you haven't? I have. And I'm proud of you that haven't. That's really good <laughs> to go through this world like that. No. no, I realize everybody doesn't raise your hand. <laughs> you raise your hand. <laughs> everybody, at some point or another, will need encouragement. And everybody could use the love of God to be spoken. If we're speaking the same things, we're of the same mind and we're perfectly joined together and we do the work of God in the earth. And you being joined to me doesn't mean we're in the same place. It means we're, we're of the same mind. So no matter where you're at, you're, what mind are we of? We're in the mind of Christ. So it doesn't matter where you're at. If I'm in, if I'm in Florida and you're in California, we're still speaking the same thing. Amen? Why? Because we're speaking the goodness of God. We're speaking the love of Jesus Christ. We're, we are not positive. We are speaking, we're, we're rightly dividing the word of truth. How about that? That's exactly what we're doing. What's, what's that? Well, you're calling somebody what they should be, what they can be, instead of what they are. Right? They say, I'm sick. You say, you know, I know you feel sick, but by the stripes on Jesus' back, you're healed. What am I doing? I'm speaking the truth in love. I'm not, I'm not lying to them. I'm telling them what can be. 
what, sh- what could be because it already is available. Amen? And somebody else comes up to him later today and says, says you know what? I know, know you don't feel good, but he sent his word and healed you. What did we just do? We spoke the same thing. We said exactly the same thing. What did we speak? The love of God, the healing power of Jesus Christ into their life. We spoke the same thing. And later on that day, they go completely somewhere else and somebody else says something else good to them. And before you know it, they're encouraged. What are they encouraged to do? To be healed. They're encouraged to be what Jesus said they already are. Amen? And that's what we're to do. And that's who we're to be. But we've got to be the encouragers that He's made us to be. It's not time for us to decide, well, you know what? You've been told this a thousand times. You've been in church as long as I have. Don't you know it by now? (laughs) Wow, got quiet. (laughs) Over here. Right? That's not time to do that. How many know there's no quit in love? There's no quit in love. Love not only doesn't fail at whatever it's going to, it doesn't fail at where it comes from. It's like a well that never runs dry. That's what's unfailing about it. Not only is it, un- it will never run dry, it will never cease either. Amen? Glory to God. And when we operate out of the love of God, then we are operating in that power. When we choose to quit on people, when we choose to give up, well, I've been preaching to them for years. You know, they just keep going back and wallowing in the mud. You know what it says in Peter? Pig returns to, or dog returns to his vomit. Well, that isn't even why you should use that verse. <laughs> I've heard that way. Have you guys ever heard somebody say that about a person? Could you imagine if God said that about you? Look at Dave. Dog going back to his vomit. (laughs) What an (laughs) awful... That's not... God believes in us all the time. Why? Because He knows what He put in us. He knows what's in there. He's not quitting on you because He knows what's in you. You always have within you the power to succeed. And within you, you have the power to encourage others to be the same. Every person in here is an encourager and an encouragement to another. Why? Because you're part of the body and we are members one of the other. Amen? And if we're members one of the other, then we're designed to help one another. If, if part of your body is hurting, you're designed to help it. You are. If part of your body's hurting, you help it. If your back's hurting, you're, you're, the rest of your body will walk in such a way that your back won't hurt as bad. If your ankle's hurting, the rest of your leg will take up some of the slack so that your ankle doesn't have to take all the pressure that it took before. You say, well, I decided that. No, your body's created to do that. Your body is created to heal itself. Right? The the symptoms of sickness in your body are not from the sickness. They're from your body attacking the sickness. When you get a sore throat, it's your body attacking sickness, not sickness attacking your body. Yeah. Yeah. Glory to God. You're, you were created by, Christ, by Jesus, by God. He didn't create things to defend. He created us to offend. We, we are to take the offensive against things that come at us. Right? When, when sickness comes at you, your body is already, it's already at work fighting it. What you're doing is to, by the spiritual act is taking hold of it and quickening, allowing Him to quicken your body.
and heal. Because your body's already against it. There's no such thing as a body that's receptive to sickness. You weren't created that way. Well, I just get sick all the time. That's just the way it is. When the sickness comes around, you know, I'm the first person to get the flu and the last person to get rid of it. (laughs) If you ever say that, stop. (laughs) Have you ever heard people that say stuff like that? Guess Guess what you're supposed to do? Not tell them they're stupid. We got enough people correcting people. It's not time to correct. It's time to encourage. And encouragement would be, say, even if you had some small, well, I'm just going to believe you won't be the last person to get rid of it this year. Maybe that's all you got. (laughs) Right? Encourage them not to get it. Encourage them to be who they are. Wait a second. Didn't I see you at church? Aren't you saved? Yeah, oh, good news. You probably just didn't know this. But you're saved, and because you're saved, you're healed. Jesus bought and paid for your salvation as a whole. And you begin to encourage them in the Word of God. Not kick them. How many know there's always a way to encourage? Amen? Not discourage and not kick away. Doesn't matter how down... You know, I was... we, We watched Winnie the Pooh. Ramsey liked Winnie the Pooh. And I was looking just last night at Eeyore's birthday. Everybody know Eeyore, right? Eeyore? Nothing good happens for Eeyore. You know, it starts off, and he's on this little little peninsula at a pond, and he's looking in this side and just staring at it. And then he walks over like this, and he gets in, and he stares at him, just what I thought, no better on this side. <laughs> he's discouraged. Is he discouraged? Yeah. And, and, and the next thing you know, Pooh runs up. And he says, Eeyore, isn't it a great day? Or he says, good day, Eeyore. And Eeyore says, good day to you, Pooh, if it really is a good day. He's discouraged. But he's already got somebody running up to him. You guys think you're going to hear about Winnie the Pooh and Eeyore today? Come on. Come on. He's already got somebody encouraging him. Telling him it's a good day. And he says, Pooh says, well, what's going on? And he says, it's my birthday. Can't you tell by all the presents? And there's no presents. It's his birthday. And Pooh says, I didn't know it was your birthday. Right? And so Pooh says, well, you should have told somebody it's your birthday, you stupid mule. You'd have had all kinds. We'd have thrown you a party. We'd have done all. Would that have helped Eeyore? Is Eeyore trying to manipulate a birthday party? Remember, this is a kid's video, not an adult's video. <laughs> adults immediately say, ah, he's just, he's just sulking so he can get a party. Kids are looking at him saying, poor Eeyore. I can see why God said be, be a child in malice. Why? Because child, children don't think evil. They don't think the worst first. Amen? Yeah, he said, don't be a child in righteousness, but be a child in malice. Hmm? It's a verse. It's in there. Can't tell you where, but I just read it. Didn't think it would come up today, but I just read it. Who knew we were going to talk about Eeyore and Pooh, though? So Pooh finds out it's his birthday, so he runs, he runs, and he tells Piglet. So Piglet goes and gets him a balloon. Huh? Anybody seen Eeyore's birthday? 
It's been a while, hasn't it? You got to keep up on these things. It's important. So Piglet's running with the balloon, and he trips and falls, and the balloon pops. And he gets to Eeyore, and he says, I'm so, so sorry, Eeyore. But the balloon, I got you popped. Happy birthday, Eeyore. Piglet stutters, all right? He doesn't stutter, that's how pigs talk, apparently. Just so you guys know, pigs don't talk. And Eeyore says, you brought me a balloon? And he didn't even hear him say it was busted. Why? Because he's getting encouraged. Why? Somebody brought him something. Somebody cared for just a minute. Huh? If everybody says, you're talking about cartoons. Yeah. Yeah. But you know what? There's a truth in there. And Eeyore says, you brought me a balloon. What color is it? He says, it was red. He said, I love red balloons. And he took the balloon in his mouth. And then Pooh comes running up, and he has a pot that used to have honey in it. <laughs> of course, Pooh can't have a pot with, a, with honey because he ate the honey on the way there. And he says, I brought you a pot, and it had honey, but I still got the pot. And Eeyore says, maybe I can put my red balloon in it. Glory to God. An empty pot and a bursted balloon, and he's encouraged for the day. What if you had an empty pot and a bursted balloon? Would you still go to that person? You know, some people think, I can't encourage. I'm so discouraged right now. How could I encourage anybody? That's the best time to encourage somebody. That's when you should be looking for somebody to encourage because you will have to go beyond your flesh and work out of your spirit and out of the love of God to do it. It can't be you because you don't have it. Amen? Find somebody and encourage them. Not just so you can get undiscouraged. Is that a word? Undiscouraged? Sounds good. You don't do it just because you love them. And you refuse to say, I can't, I won't, I don't, I didn't. They don't deserve it. They're just trying to get me to get them a birthday party. What if they were? What if you made them happy for a day? I'm not saying pet a powder. Don't pet a powder. Encourage them. There's a difference between petting. Petting is sympathizing with, yeah, I understand. I understand it's been bad for you, brother. You look kind of bad, as a matter of fact. I don't know that it could ever get better. Your story just keeps getting worse and worse. I feel so sorry for you. That's, that's, That's petting a powder. Huh? But encouraging somebody saying, you know what? I don't care what happened. You're going to make it. Randy is going to make it. The Lord God Almighty said He was, and He's going to. He's been there for him forever, and He'll be there for him beyond that. He's a good God, and He loves him. He'll help him. He'll help his family, and they're coming out. Amen? That's encouragement. And guess what? I don't care if everybody else in the world did forget your birthday. I'm going to get you something. Not because you're sad, but because God loves you. Amen? Encouragement is not petting. Don't go pet somebody and let them get their way. Love somebody and give them God's way. Amen? There's a way of doing all things right. There's a way to love your way into somebody's life. Amen? And it's a good thing. 
It's a good thing. Well, we haven't even gotten to the second verse yet, have we? Romans 15. Oh, wait, uh, Hebrews 10, 24 and 25. This is where it says, let us consider in verse 24. 10, 24, Hebrews, I'm sorry. Hebrews 10, 24. Let us consider one another. Who's he saying to consider? One another. This is the beginning of helping someone else. This is the beginning of encouragement. The first thing you've got to do is consider someone else. You're never going to encourage somebody when you're only thinking about you. Right? <laughs> Amen? It's like, i got so much going on today. You know, I know they're hurting, but I don't have it in me. I was talking to somebody the other day that had been living in the world, and I said, you know, I know you have, and I know they have it in them, and I said, I know you have it in you to help this person. And the Lord sent me to them to tell them that. And they, and they, they said, you know what? i got too many problems. I can't help them. And they refused to help. Don't ever let yourself be caught saying that. You don't have too many problems to help somebody. you got too many problems not to help somebody. <laughs> it's kind of backwards thinking, isn't it? We, we, don't, we have God. We have Jesus Christ. We always have within us an answer. It says in the Word, be prepared always to give the answer for the hope that's within you. Did he say, did he say sometimes be prepared? Huh? Is that what he said? He said, you know, every now and then I need you to be prepared. You know, on Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays, be prepared. Take off on Tuesdays and Thursdays. You don't, if somebody needs a little hope that day, don't worry about it. I'll get somebody else. You don't have to hope. He said every day, all the time, be prepared to give an answer for the hope that's within you. That's encouragement, guys. That's what the hope is. He's not saying preach to every person you see. He's telling them, tell them why you're so happy today. Because they can't figure it out. Haven't you seen the stock market? Don't you know it's flu season? What's wrong with you? I got hope. I got hope. I got healing through the sickness. I got, I got provision through, through, the, through the stock market. I, I got a good God. And I always have hope because it's always going to come to pass for my good. Amen? And you start speaking the truth in love. And you don't say, well, you go to the same church I do. Don't you know this? <laughs> Guess what? Zero love. <laughs> Unless God led you to say that. That's zero love. You know? You, you got the same Bible I got. Read it. What if God would have said that to you when you were about to want to get saved? Well, if you just read the Bible, you'd see you're saved. Could you guys see God saying that? Well, I've made provision for your health, dummy. Why don't you just be healed? That's not love. There's no love in it. And God didn't say it that way. He said, I sent my word for you and healed you. And I saved you from all your destructions. He's an encourager. He doesn't ask you to be something he's not. He's an encourager. Glory to God. He just quoted John 3.16 in in the Psalms. Right? For God so loved the world that He came. He sent His Word and healed you. Right? It's the same verse. 
It's just written in the New Testament after Jesus. Glory to God. Let us consider one another. Let us consider one another. Let us consider one another. What, what's, what, what are we going to consider one another about? To provoke. Why, are, why am I considering you? You know what I'm going to do today? I'm going to provoke Paul to do something good. You know how you provoke Christians to do something good? Remind them who they are. All you got to do for just one second is remind them what they got in them, and they'll get excited. And next thing you know, they'll be talking to somebody else about Jesus, and they'll be talking to somebody else about their healing. They'll be talking to somebody else about what God's doing in their life and about the provision He just sent. And, And the next thing you know, you just got a whole line of people that are encouraged. Why? Because you provoked one person unto love and good works. What are you provoking them to? What's already in them? All you're doing is bringing up what's already there. When you encourage somebody, you're not trying to get something in them. You're trying to get something out of them. Amen? Encouragement is to get what's in you out. It's to say, you already are healed by the stripes on Jesus' back. Let me help you remind you. Let me, he loved you so much. He loved you so much that He sent His Son for you. And you're reminding somebody. And, and all that time, all, what you're doing, it's like fire under a, under, under a pan and you're boiling the water starts coming up and coming up. And the next thing you know, they're overflowing. The water was already there. You just applied heat. You provoked it. Amen? You provoked it. And it says we're to provoke one another unto love and good works. And how do you, what, what's, what's he say in the next verse? He gives you instructions that this can't happen if the next verse doesn't happen. Let us not give up, forsake, not forsaking the assembling of yourselves together. Don't forsake coming around other people. If he's not around me, I can't provoke him. Right? If you get down in the dumps, it's not time to stay away from church. Right? How many have ever hung back out of church for just a little while? How easy is it for your flesh? Ooh, baby. You know NFL Today comes on at 11 a.m. And it's rainy outside and this bed is warm. Mm. All you got to do is give your flesh an inch and it will take 25 miles. Man, all I need today is some chicken soup, a grilled cheese, and this here bed with my remote control. Man, 11 a.m., 12 o'clock football starts, and it's on until midnight. And guess what? There's 16 weeks of it. (laughs) You better watch it or 16 weeks later you'll wonder why you ain't been in church. Do not forsake when you feel yourself not wanting to go to church, that's the time, the very time to get in there. That's the day God's going to use you, me, somebody else to provoke you to good works. To spur you on is what it says in the NIV. You're going to walk in and say, oh, I missed you. So glad you're back. You're going to say, what? You even noticed I was gone? Yeah. Yeah, I did. Noticed you were gone. Missed you. Encouragement. Exactly. What Todd just said. Little lambs that get off by themselves. We talked about what they were last week. Lamb chops. <laughs> right? Oh, no lamb chops. Don't forsake the assembling of yourself together. Right? 
And when we come together, what's it say we're supposed to do? It says, it says that some have had the manner of not coming together, but come together exhorting one another. What's the word for exhorting? Is encouraging. It doesn't say come together so that you can preach at each other. Come together for the great correction. No. We've got a pastor. We've got somebody that, th- that can speak the word in rebuke, reproof, correction, and minister love to us through the pulpit. We're to come together and encourage one another. Not your job to correct one another. Right? Encourage. If somebody's going wrong, a lot of times you correcting them is going to make them go wronger. Is wronger a word? It is today. Went from Professor Dave to Gilligan Dave. Right? What they needed from you was a hug. What they needed from me was a smile. They didn't need somebody to tell them what they were doing wrong. They already knew that anyway. Did you know telling somebody what they're doing wrong is not correction? Showing them how to do it right would be correction, right? Right? The good teachers that I had, when they checked a big red X on my paper, then they showed me what I did wrong. Because it doesn't help me to see the big red X because I still don't know how to do it. Right? Right? With Ramsey, I didn't come up to her and tell her, I can't believe you don't know how to do this. You should know how you figure it out. I showed her how to do it. And if she missed it, guess what happened? I showed her again. And sometimes I got mad and said, Okay, I repent, I'm sorry. Let me show you again. And then I'd say, I can't believe you don't have this yet. And then I'd say, then God would say, I can't believe there's so many things you don't have yet. (laughs) And I'd say I'm sorry, Ramsey. Let's try this again. And I show her until she gets it. I correct her until she gets it. Amen? It's like Brother Moore says, when, when they correct you on course in the airplane, it's a bunch of little correction. They're not saying, move, 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 turn this way, turn this way. It's, that's not correction. They're saying, go to this heading. Now go to this heading. Now go to, and, that, and it's little corrections. And it gets you to where you're going. Somebody didn't yell at you or say, well, what are you, stupid? Couldn't you see you're going the wrong way? No, you couldn't. You're in the airplane. There's no way. You could end up, if, nobody, if you didn't have the, I don't even know enough about it. I can just tell you, you can get in the wrong place in a hurry in an airplane. Amen? Glory to God. Don't give up meeting together to encourage one another and all the more now. How many see the day approaching? So how much more do we need to be encouraged? In other words, it's eat, don't watch the news all day long and not come to church on Sunday. I'm not saying, though, no, if you want to watch the news, do it. But you better find someone to encourage you afterwards. <laughs> You're going to require encouragement right after CNN. You know why? Because they ain't playing the good news. They're not telling you that 10,000 people got saved in West Africa today. They don't care. But it happened. And that's how you encourage yourself. When somebody calls and says, man, did you see the news? And you say, man, did you hear the news? People are getting saved all over the world right now. And all of a sudden, what they were going to talk about means nothing. 
Why? Because the good news is greater than the bad news. Amen? The gospel is more powerful than anything on earth. You know, I was reading in Acts about, I think it was like somewhere around 15 or 16. I think I don't even have it. I'm going to print it off just because I liked it. <coughs> 12, 14. We're okay. We can go here. It's, it's just fun. It's just fun. I think I printed it off just because I liked it. Let me find it. In Acts, uh, yeah, it's in here somewhere, Acts. It's in my notes right here somewhere. <laughs> Acts 13, that's what it is, Acts 13 and, and verse 14. Um, they, Paul and uh, uh, they were going to uh, Perga, Perga, and then they went on to Pisidian and Antioch. And on the Sabbath day, they entered the synagogue. They entered the synagogue and they sat down. They just go to church. What were they doing? Meeting together. Next verse. And after reading from the Law and the Prophets, not Paul reading, after the reading, the, the, the priest got up, read the Law and the Prophets. The synagogue rulers sent word to them saying, Brothers, if you have a message of encouragement, what? They were there. What if they hadn't gone? And they said, hey, if you have a message of encouragement for the people, please speak. What what happened? They were just showing up for church. But they said, do you have a message of encouragement? In other words, I don't want to hear you talk if you're not going to encourage. But if you've got a message of encouragement, please speak. He didn't just say speak. He said, please speak. Amen? Amen. Isn't that good? And, And then for the next 30... Well, what is it? Until like verse 41, he preaches the gospel of Jesus Christ from Genesis to Jesus. Amen? And he preaches the gospel. And he, he stops, and in about verse 41, I look at maybe verse 41, try that one. Try verse 41. No, try 42 then. And Paul and Barnabas were leaving the synagogue. This is after they'd preached for 30 some odd verses. And guess what happened? People were encouraged. Why? They said, can you come back? We want to hear more about this. They, they encouraged people. What? They went to meeting together and they left with a bunch of people encouraged and wanting to come around them and say, can you come back? Come on back. Why? Because people who are discouraged want to hear the message of Jesus Christ. They want to hear good news. They don't want to hear that you can have whatever sickness is in the world today. They want to hear that you cannot have it. They don't want to hear that God may make you poor to teach teach you something. They want to hear that He wants to make you rich and enjoy all things richly. People want to hear that God's good. And they'll come from miles and miles and miles around to be encouraged with the good Word of God. Amen? He's a good God. And that's the message that these, they preached. They just preached from, like I said, like Genesis, Abraham somewhere, clear down to Jesus. I mean, that, it had to be a longer message than 30 some odd verses. There's no telling how long they were there. But when they left, people didn't say, don't invite him back. Guy spoke for four hours. Spoke for four hours right through lunch. Stomach was growling. (laughs) Please don't have him back. 
Why? They were encouraged. They said, please have Him back because we are so encouraged. We are uplifted. We, we came in like this and you brought us out like this. Glory to God. We're encouragers like that. You walk into a place and the minister sees you. He sees you walking down the aisle and he says, oh, I'm glad they're here. Why? You brought your faith with you. You didn't bring your need with you. You brought your faith with you. We got enough Eeyores. We need some piglets and some poos. Right? Got enough of you. Oh, you just don't understand, brother. I look on this side, I see bad. I look over here, and by golly, it's worse. You just can't imagine. I don't have to imagine. What I have to imagine is you coming out. You coming up. You hearing the Word of God and receiving it for what it says about you. And being encouraged. And saying, tell me more. Tell me more. I need more of that. Glory to God. Thank you, Lord. Whew. This is good. Man, God, God knows how to preach. Thank you, Lord. Go to Romans 15. Romans 15, verse 1, NIV. It says, We who are strong ought not have to bear with the failings of the weak. You know what? We who are strong, we ought to be on the front line, kick those others off. They don't even need to be in the army. We're strong. We don't, we don't need all these weaklings. We, you know what? All that person does is cry every time I say, kick them to the back. We, we ought not have to put up with this. Oh, I'm sorry. It says we ought to bear. I'm sorry, I was preaching the wrong message. Is that what it says? We ought to bear with the failings of the weak? Huh. I've, I've been guilty of not doing this verse. No one else in here has, so that's why I'm telling you now, so you don't. Right? It's not, it, there's never a time where you say, you know what, they're never going to get it. They've been around the Word all their life. They've heard the Brother Copeland. They've heard Miss Gloria. They've heard Brother Keith. They've heard, you know, Brother Jesse and Brother Jerry. And they're going to church every week. And they still got the same old, same old, same old problem. I look in the mirror, same picture. <laughs> and you know what God would say? Bear with them. Bear with them. He didn't say feed into it. He didn't say feed into it. He didn't say sympathize with them. He didn't say tell them it's okay. He said bear with them. In other words, don't quit on them. Encourage them. Yeah, I know it doesn't look good, but you're going to make it. doesn't matter. We're not moved by what we see, right? We're moved by faith. We live and walk by faith. It's not what we see. It's where we're headed. It's what God has for us. We know by faith. We see by faith. We walk by faith. And you're going to make it. Jesus saw you making it when He was on the cross. He saw you making it when He was raised from the dead. And you're going to make it. And we believe in Him. We believe in them. Not on them, in them. What's in them? Jesus. We believe in them. And we don't quit on them. And if they don't know Jesus, we get it in them. 
Amen? Amen. Then we got something to believe in. That's right. <laughs> right? Yes. And we believe in them. You know, I was thinking about a, a, a person that year after year, these past probably five, six years, every time I saw them, they were worse than they were the time before. And every time I saw them, the only thing God let me tell them is that I love them, I believe in them, and they're going to make it. Amen. That's all He ever let me tell them. Yeah, I never preached to them. I, ne- I never told them that what they were doing wrong. Why, why would I need to? They knew what they were doing wrong. Right? He said, tell them you love them, you believe in them, and they're going to make it. And every year they came back, God, are you sure? He said, I'm sure. I'm sure is the blood of Jesus. I'm sure. I believe in you. I love you. You're going to make it. You got the greater one in you. They don't look like they got the greater one in you. Why? Because he's buried under so much junk you couldn't see him if you wanted to. But I was there when they got saved. And I had not heard them renounce their salvation. My job is to believe in that salvation and the power of that salvation. I believe in you. And then one day I got a call. Can you help? Can you help? And the Lord allowed me to help. He allowed me an avenue to help. It wasn't by my preaching. It was by me getting them somewhere where they could get help. Encouragers aren't necessarily the ones that are going to get them well. They're the ones that are going to keep them where they're at so they can get well. An encourager will keep you, hold you up while you're waiting on salvation. Amen? An encourager won't quit on you while, while, while help is on the way. Amen? And help was on the way. My part was to encourage him and to be there so when the call did come in, when he was ready to hear that I could get him to the one to speak. Glory to God. You may not get all the credit. You may be what we talked about last week, the hyoid bone. Right? You may be the most hidden part of the body, but you're a part. And you're holding something up. Right? We ought to bear with the failings of the weak. It doesn't matter. It doesn't, it doesn't say because they failed, throw them out. It says bear with them. Bear with them. And not because it makes you look good, because you love them. Why? They're a member, one with you. They're part of you. When you have a part of your body hurting, you doctor it. You don't quit on it. You won't. If, if the doctor said, "What? You stubbed your toe? Come on in. We'll cut it off." <laughs> How many people would take that bet? <laughs> what? Oh yeah, I stubbed my toe. It really hurts, doc. Well, come on in. We'll cut it off. We'll get rid of that pain. It's a pain. Let's cut it off. Let's get. You're getting ready to get a bigger pain and be without a toe. Why? Because it was designed to be right where it is. And it being a pain does not take away its job. What do you do? You nurse it back to health. You bear with its weakness until it can do what it's called to do in your body. Every person in the body of Christ is designed by God, created by God to be a part in the body. And 
It doesn't matter if they're hurting, if they're weak. It doesn't matter if they haven't... You know what? There's parts of the body that have to mature before they're even useful. What if when you were a kid, some of the parts that really didn't work, you said, I don't need these. You're going to need them someday. (laughs) Right? Well, I don't need these. I remember I was telling them in first when I was like 13 or 14, my feet were way too big for my body. Anybody else have that happen? Right? You're like wearing your size 10 and you're five foot tall. You know, look like you're walking around on skis. Right? I mean, some people are 13 and they're only five foot two. Guess what? You're going to need those feet someday. It's not, to, it's not time to say, I don't fit. They don't fit. Those, these can't be mine. They don't belong here. They belong right where they're at. Stay with them until you grow into them. Right? You just hadn't grown into them yet. You have people in the body leaving the body. I know more than them. What if your feet got too big and they said, I don't belong here anymore. I'm leaving. I'm too big for this body. What if you're in the church and you say, you know, I know more than them. I'm way above what those people are teaching. That Dave, he teaches on like unity and, and love. You know, I know so much more than that. I don't need to sit here and listen to somebody tell me how to love. I love all the time. I love when I don't want to love. I'm a lover. You don't need to tell me. I love, love, love. And we can tell. Most certainly you are a lover. Let me encourage you in love. I'm so far above. i got to find a church that fits me. Because I don't fit this church. Maybe you ain't grown into it yet. Growed, there's a good word from Granny. That's how Granny used to talk. You kindly growed up on me. Yes, I kindly did, Granny. Maybe you just haven't grown into the body yet. Stay put. That's right. Stay put. Amen? Amen. Amen. Don't be high-minded. That's what the first part of these verses in Romans 12 are. If you read Romans 12, it talks about not being high-minded. Then it talks about because your members one of another. If one member thinks it's greater than another, it's no help to the one that it's greater than. You're no greater than another part. I'm no greater than another part. I'm as great as every part. We are as great as every part of the body. We are as great as the head of the body, which is Christ. And from that, all things flow, and we're fitly joined together by Him. And that makes us great. Amen? It isn't you and your part that make you great. It's the head that made you great. It's the body that you're hooked to that makes you great. We're members one of another. Amen? And we all have gifts differing. My gift, your gift, they ain't the same. Right? (laughs) My foot can't work on my shoulder. You ever notice that? I mean, you'd look funny walking like this. It wouldn't work. We all got a part, and we have an important part. Amen? Look, let's go to Romans. Where was I at? 15? Yeah, we ought to bear with each other. That's enough for that. (laughs) Glory to God. Romans 12. 
Why do we bear with each other? If you keep on going down in that verse, is that we should please our neighbor what to build him up. If you go down on those verses that we were just in, if you want to read it later, read it. And it says that we're to, we're to endure and encourage and to be endurers and encouragers. That's, our, that's, that's what we are. You are an endurer. What do you do? You bear with the failings of the weak. You're going to have to be an endurer. You're going to have to be patient. Right? Why? Because you're going to have to carry somebody for a while. It ain't fun to carry somebody. But it's good. Right? It, it ain't, it, it, if you woke up this morning and said, you know, I'm hoping I get to carry somebody today. Good attitude. Because there's a good chance that's what God will have you do today. Just for a minute. You know, he, 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 he runs relays. He, he runs relays. You got the baton for a little while, and then you're an encourager. And guess what? Another 400 yards ahead of you, there's a new encourager. Hand the baton off. You, carry, you didn't have to carry them forever. You carried them to get to the next place so that they can get to the finish line. Amen? We're, in a re, we're all part of the body. We're hooked together by the love of God and hooked together in the love of God. Glory to God. I like this message. I'll get a copy of it. Romans 12, verse 4. NIV. It says, just as each of us has one body with many members, and these members do not all have the same function, if, you had one, if your body and every part had the same function, you wouldn't be sitting here right now. Right? Because it takes every part of your body to work properly and to be a success in being a human. <laughs> it does. It takes to work properly and to have full success. Your body works together. When parts of our body don't work, then... Other parts have to make up the difference. And they do. They do, thank God. That's what we're created to do. We're created to help one another. If somebody's struggling, if somebody's having a hard time, if somebody's got a part of their body not working, do we say, oh, I guess part of your body... We help them until it is working. How long How long should you help them? Oh, let's just take, take a guess. Forever? As long as God would help you. That, that's how long I think we should help, help each other. So whenever you think God quits helping you, that's when you're able to quit helping others. At that point. When, when love fails, you quit. <laughs> that's a really for never proposition, isn't it? Romans 12.4, each of us is part of the body, and not, not each have the same function. Five, so in Christ, we who are many... Form one body. We who are many. That's so good. You and me, we form one. You're a part of me, and I'm a part of you. Don't get discouraged. I'm still growing. I I could grow on you. Don't get discouraged. I'm part of you. There's nothing you can do about it now. I'm a part of you. When, when, When you go and you think, I wonder who all's a part of me, you say, well, Dave is. Woo! I need help. We're all a part of one another. Glory to God. We make up a mighty, mighty thing. The body of Christ. Glory to God. And each member belongs to the other. I belong to you. You belong to me. We belong to one another. You're not your own. You're His and He's yours. And if you need help, He's there. Or He's there. Or she's there. What? We don't have to do this on our own. This is good news. 
we're not doing this on our own. We're doing this together through the love of God and through the headship of Jesus Christ. We can accomplish great things together. Amen? It says, we have gifts differing, or different gifts, according to the grace given us. If a man's gift is prophesying, <clears throat> let him serve. Now, <laughs> if a man's gift is prophesying, let him do that according to the faith, the proportion of his faith. And then if it's serving, let him serve. I don't necessarily think these are in order, but I think that's a pretty good order. Serve is right there in, in with prophesying and teaching. Right? You know, a lot of people say, you know, I don't, all I do is serve. I don't teach. And I've never prophesied. You served. You're right in between prophesying and teaching. You're way up on the list, I would say. I like that. If somebody said, what did you do in church today? You say, I served. I'm a servant, so I served. (laughs) They say, yep, uh, yep, you're on the list. You know, if you had to have a list to come in, and they said, okay, let's see if you're on the list. What do you do? Servant, in. Right? If you were a servant and you said, I'm a teacher, you'd say, uh, no, you're a servant. Uh, no, nobody with your name is teacher. <laughs> Can't let you in. You can come in as what you are. Amen? I can come in as what I am. Right? I, I'm, I'm a part. I'm not the part. I'm not Brother Moore's part. I'm just the part you got to listen to today. Right? And guess what? I belong to you. Huh? You thought you didn't have a teddy bear? Uh Uh-huh. Yeah, I belong to you. Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. Let him serve. If he's a servant, let him serve. If he's a teacher, let him teach. If it's encouraging, let him encourage. That is in the building of the body of Christ, the gift work of God into the body. He said, I need encouragers in there. If, if we wouldn't need encouragement, why do we need encouragers? People say, well, if you're a part of the body, you shouldn't need to be encouraged. You know what? I'm glad you're so spiritual, but every now and then I have needed to be encouraged. I'm not saying I should have needed to be encouraged. I said I needed to be encouraged. Right? I don't think I should have got spanked every time I did when I was a kid either, but I needed it. <laughs> if it's contributing to the needs of others, you better hope the encourager got them to church. Right? The encourager get people to church. A servant serves the ones there. A giver might give to them while they're there, but what if they didn't get there? Every part's necessary. Every part's necessary. The guy that came in and the parking lot guy told him his tie looked nice or his shoes looked nice and the greeter said his tie looked nice. Every part was necessary to get him to a place to where when the the minister stood up, he could receive the love of God. He had to have little spoonfuls of love all the way in so that he could swallow the big meal. Amen? Amen? Everybody's designed to love just a little bit. Love them. Because if you love them too much, you know, not everybody wants a hug. You, know, you ever went to those people that don't want a hug? And they, oh. It's like that awkward, <laughs> try to stay as far away from you as I can hug. 
you know, you didn't encourage them because they didn't want a hug. If they don't want a hug, don't give them a hug. Give them a smile instead. Give them a good, firm handshake that says, I love you. Amen? Amen? Every part necessary. If it's leadership, let him govern diligently. If it's showing mercy, let him do it cheerfully. How many people want to say, oh, here, good. You got mercy. Go. Okay, you, you don't owe me anything. Go. Is that how God did it for you? No, he said, I love you. You're forgiven. Go. Glory to God. I want to be more like Jesus. I've got a long way to go, but I'm, I'm looking for it. Y'all looking for it? It's going to be good. The gift, whatever gift is within you, whatever your part is in this body, in anybody, whatever body you're a part of, be that part. Be that part. Don't skip out of church and quit being that part. They're going to miss you. If, if no one ever calls you and says we miss you, they're still missing you. They just don't know it. If a part of your body quit working, you might not know it today. You'll know it several days from now. Right? Right? Say, say your kidney quit working right now. You wouldn't notice it right now. But it wouldn't be long you'd notice it. Right? The, the body is, is intricate and it's built. God, when God says, I've put every, everybody where I want them, He didn't just say, you know, I don't really like him. Make him a toe. Right? You know, he has been nothing but trouble. Make him an ankle bone. I don't want him seen at all. Give him some part in the foot. God doesn't judge that way. He puts you right where you'll be the most useful. Right where you'll help the most, where your strengths are. Because the strength of an ankle can't be used in a wrist. The strength of an ankle is built to be right above the foot. And when it's in its place, it keeps the body walking perfectly. Right? God is so kind to us. He puts you in there because He loves you. And he knows you'll love other people from that place. Amen? A man's gifts, and Proverbs says a man's gift makes room for him. Your gift is what made you, that's what placed you in the body, where you're placed. Man's gift. If we all are placed where our gifts are, maybe the rest of the verse would be true too. We'd be set before great men because our gift made room for us. Right? The body is a gift. Right? We, 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 are, we are designed by God to do great works. We're designed by God to encourage one another, to keep one another, to help one another. We belong to one another, and we are designed to hold one another up when we're down. We're designed to, when Eeyore's looking in the pond, to say, you look good. Before he can say, I look bad, you know what he's getting ready to say anyway. So you just preempt his words. You are looking good, Eeyore. Huh? You don't wait until somebody's down to encourage them. Encourage somebody that's already encouraged. But if somebody is down, encourage them. Bring them back. Bring them to a level where they can receive from the Lord. Discouraged people cannot receive from God. 
They can't hear. Discouragement stops up your ears. And faith comes by hearing. And discouragement is like two big plugs in your ears. Have you ever seen somebody's discouraged and you start trying to talk to them? And they're still discouraged. They're sitting there saying in the back of their mind, I wish they would leave. And you say, brother, man, I love you. I'm so glad I get to see you today. And so I'm really not, they're saying, I'm really not glad I get to see you. I was really hoping to sulk some more. They may not say that, but that's really, truly what they mean. Y'all been there. Come on. Misery really does like company. And if you can't be miserable with it, it don't want you around. Right? But you stay on it. And you keep encouraging them. And all of a sudden, the, you grab hold of one of them plugs and you pull it out of their ear and you remind them how much God loves them. And all, they hear it. And just a little bit of faith gets in. And they're still crabby, but they walk on in the door of the church. Huh? And they go to the info counter and they say, Hey, you want to sign up to serve here? We would love to have you helping at the church. And all of a sudden, that other plug falls out of their ear. Why? Because they've been encouraged and somebody wants them. Somebody cares about them. It says we're to care for one another, to treat you just like you're part of me. Why? Because you are. Is there a part of your body that you're willing to do without? So there's not a part we're willing to do without either. Amen? Glory to God. Since I didn't start this message, I don't know how I'm going to end it. We, we should be encouraged at all times. You know, it's like, did we talk about Paul when he got out of prison? <laughs> he got out of prison. You know what he did? You know what Paul did after he got out of prison? Look at Acts 16. Paul and Silas, man, they've been in prison. And I'll tell you, I don't even, you guys don't even have to look because you know what he did. He came, he said, man, I've been in prison for a long time, brother. Help me. Can you encourage me? I'm down. I don't know if God loves me. I don't know why I was in prison. I didn't do anything wrong. I, I, I don't know if He loves me. I, I don't know what to do next. I'm really down. I'm, I'm really down. Uh, you know, I just, I don't know the next thing to do. Does that sound like what Paul did? No. When Paul got out of prison, what verse is it? 1640? Paul and Silas came out of prison and they went to Lydia's house where they met with the brothers. And you know what they immediately started doing? Encouraging someone else. You would think somebody just got out of prison, they would need to be encouraged. Not Paul. Why? Because he knows who he is. He knows why he is where he is. He knows where he's going. He knows who loves him. He knows who saved him. He knows that everyone needs to be encouraged. And he has encouragement in him no matter if he got out of prison or got out of church. Amen? The encouragement is in you. It's not where you went to get it. I'm not trying to put encouragement in you. I'm trying to encourage you. You already have encouragement in you. That's what you're supposed to get to other people. Right? We're just trying to bring up what's already there. Amen? We speak the truth in love. That's where we'll go. Speaking the truth in love. We're a peculiar people. In Titus it says, it says we're a peculiar people and we're zealous of good works. We're not zealous just for good works. We're zealous of good works. We don't just want to do them. We want to be around them. <laughs> I just want to see them. What, what, do you, what does he mean? He's, you'll encourage anybody because you want to see them do good works. 
That's what you're zealous for. You're zealous for them to do good works. Not just for you to do good works, for them to do good works. That's what's peculiar about us. We care about others. You're not peculiar just because you act strange. Right? You don't go act like a goofball and say, well, I'm just peculiar. No, you're strange. Peculiar people love other people. That's what's peculiar about them. Because people without God don't love. What makes us peculiar is our zeal for good works in others and ourselves. That's what makes me peculiar. That's what makes you peculiar. Not acting weird. (laughs) So stop all that acting weird. Be encouraged not to act weird anymore. I, I won't, I promise. I'm, I'm getting less weird all the time. Don't you guys think? <laughs> Glory to God. Ephesians 4, verse 15. We'll close somewhere close to these verses. Ephesians 4 and verse 15. These verses before this talk about being members one of another, being uh, fitly joined together by God. And then it says, and it talks about we got apostles and pastors and all over us, and then speaking the truth in love will grow up into Him, into Him in all things, which is the head, Christ. Speaking the truth in love. Speaking the truth in love. Not speaking a truth. You know, i got too many people telling them, tell, calling them like they see them. Do you know that what you see is not truth? The truth is, every person that's never received Jesus Christ as Lord was still bought and paid for by Jesus Christ. So do you see them as bought and paid for or unsaved? The truth sees them bought and paid for. Speaking the truth in love, you can say, you're already bought and paid for by the blood of Jesus and He loves you. That's speaking the truth in love. To a brother or a sister that's struggling, the truth in love is you're going to make it. You got everything in you. God has given you such great gifts. You encourage me every time I see you. You are awesome. That's encouraging. And that's the truth. And I don't care if they feel awesome. They are awesome. Why? Because they're a child of the Most High God. Feelings are totally unreliable. They do not tell you who you are. They tell you how you feel. God tells you who you are. Amen? Glory to God. And He said, we'll speak the truth in love. We'll speak truth in love. The truth, not a truth. It's time to quit speaking a truth. A truths tend to be judgmental. Right? A truth is, you know what? Your teeth are crooked and you're bow-legged. Do you think they're encouraged? That's a truth. But are they encouraged? (laughs) Right? A truth is, you know, you don't speak very good English either, and I don't like to listen to you. That's a truth, but it doesn't encourage me at all. It doesn't really discourage me, but it doesn't encourage me. (laughs) Not today, anyway. (laughs) The truth. We're to speak the truth. The truth is not correction. It doesn't say we're to correct. We're to speak correction in love. It says we're to speak the truth in love. Right? What is the truth about somebody who's down? 
They can come back. They've got everything in them that they can come out and they can, they can come up and they can come out and they can be better and greater than they ever were before. If it's sickness or disease, it has no place in your body. You are, you're a new creature. You've got a new feature. You don't have to have this anymore. You are bought and paid for by the blood of Jesus and that your healing is in His stripes. Amen? And that's the truth. That's the truth. The truth spoken in love. And how will you know it's spoken in love? If the person, when you're done, is encouraged... You spoke it in love. Right? If they're not encouraged yet, speak it again. Speak it again. It's not time to quit. How much do you love them? Do you love them enough to bring them out? Grab their hand. Tie them on to you. Get them there. Piggyback them. What's it take? Amen? You know, I used to get up when I was working with inner city kids. We started working with teenagers. And the inner city kids don't have cars. So they had my car. So I would get up. We had church early back then, really early, because I went from, you know, everybody says, well, we go, sure go to church a long time. I went to church a long time before. So going to church a long time is not a big deal. But so I'd get up at 6.30 so that I could go drive all the way across town, pick up as many kids as I could get in my truck, and bring them back. Why? Because I wanted them encouraged. I knew they needed to gather with people who were encouraged to be encouraged. Because why? They're going back where they live. They're going back to that house where they don't have somebody showing them the love of God all day long. And there may not be food in the refrigerator. And tomorrow may not look that great. But for one day, I encouraged them that they could do better. They could come out. They could could hear the Word of God and they could be who God says they can be. They don't have to stay in the place they're in. Amen? Amen? And if I had to drive over and piggyback them to church to get to hear that, was it worth it? Yes. Every moment, every lost moment of sleep, every part of it was worth it. Amen? And they heard the truth. The truth of who God made them to be. Go on down to verse 22. It says, Put you put off concerning the former conversation. In other words, the former conversation, you would call it like it is. Right? And he says, don't talk that way anymore. Why? You're a new creature. You, you've got a better way of talking. You can now speak God. We have the ability to speak God. The language of love. We have the ability in us to speak righteousness and truth and peace and joy. We have the ability in us to change situations and circumstances just like that. And he says, put off the way you used to talk. It's corrupt and it only cares about you. That's the Dave paraphrase of that verse. And then it says in the next verse, be renewed and quit thinking the way you used to think. Be renewed in the spirit of your mind. How are you going to be renewed to what He thinks? You have the mind of Christ. You have the ability to think like God. You can speak like God. You can think like God. You can change many things. Amen? Verse 24, And put on the new man that's created after God. We're created like God. God doesn't quit on nobody. Never has. He loves everybody. He don't even care how you're acting. He still loves you. You know how people, they love you when you're acting good, but then they unlove you when you're not? God loves you all the time. He doesn't quit. 
Amen? And we're created like Him in righteousness and true holiness. We have that ability in us if we so decide to be that. That alone is an encouragement to people. Why? Because they see who you are and they know who you were. (laughs) You know, i got to believe people that see me now have got to be encouraged if they knew me several years ago. Man, if God can do that, he can. I actually had somebody say that one time that I went to high school with. They said, Dave does what? That's not the Dave I knew. He's right. It wasn't the Dave he knew. Thank God it was not. I was recreated in Christ Jesus in righteousness and true holiness. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Amen? Be renewed and put on the new man. Wherefore... Put away lying. And you know, a lot of people say, yeah, don't tell untruth. Don't tell the truth. He's saying put away lying. Don't don't talk to somebody outside of the love of God. And he says, speak every man truth with his neighbor. Not to his neighbor. we got enough people speaking to their neighbor. Let's start speaking with our neighbor. What's he saying? Let's speak truth together. If you're down today, get them to talk it with you. Hey, who are you? You're the righteousness of God in Christ. You can do all things through Him. You, you, who are you? You're the healed of the Lord. Say it with me. Speak truth together. Then what are you doing? You're saying the same thing. And what are you saying? The truth that God already said about you. And as you speak it together, that person will become encouraged with you. And together, the truth in love will change the person's life. Can we do that? Do I got any encouragers in here today? Can we speak the truth with each other? That's what we're here to do today, to speak the truth together. The truth is God loved us all, and He loved us so much that He sent Jesus to die on a cross for me and you so that we could have everything. We could have life abundant here and heaven later. That is is your cake and your icing. Amen? That's everything. Glory to God. Stand up to your feet. I have no idea how to end this message. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, thank you, Lord. The good news is, you're part of me, and I'm part of you. You, I belong to you. Right? You know, I have a lot of people say, I know you're busy, I'm sorry to call you. I belong to you. I appreciate that. Don't get me wrong. My phone does go off quite a bit. And I appreciate that. But I'm never going to neglect one of y'all because you've never neglected me. And we're part of one another. Amen? And sometimes I have to be encouraged. If I'm out by myself, I can't be encouraged any more than y'all can be encouraged, right? We're part of one another. We're in this thing together. Right? We're in this thing as one. And if you don't like me, I'm still part of your family. Anybody got family they don't like? I didn't say you didn't love them. Love and like, two different things completely. (laughs) They're still your brother. They're still your sister. They're still your cousin, uncle, or aunt. You not liking them does not separate them from who they are. Right? But you have to like me. No, that's, that's not. There's no scripture to back it. It says love one another is what it says because we're members one of another. And we can do this thing together much easier 
we can try to do it on our own. So as God joins us together more and more through these teachings, through the love, through the fellowship, He's joining us together when He brings us to serve on teams. He's joining us together when we eat at somebody's house. He's joining us together when we go to the restaurant afterward. He's bringing us together as a body of Christ and giving us ability to do what He's called this body to do. Glory to God. And today, we're going to partake and remember the body of Christ. The blood of Jesus that saved us, that bought us, that brought us to a new place. And you know what? This should encourage you. That's why he says, do this in remembrance. What are you reminding yourself of? You're reminding yourself that you're saved. That you've been bought with a price. That you have no sin. That you are healed by the stripes and the broken body of Jesus Christ. You're encouraging yourself in the body of the Lord. So as we take communion today, let's remember who we are. Let's be encouraged to be greater in who we are and to do greater works because of who we are. Let's be encouraged that our sins are washed away, that we've been redeemed, and that our names are written in the Lamb's book of life. Jesus said, if you've got no other reason to rejoice, there you go, rejoice for that. Hmm, Glory to God. Everybody be seated. Ushers, come forward.